John 8 and verse 32, it says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you are really my disciples, and if you hold to my teaching, was what Jesus said. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. Have you? We've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we are to be set free then? And Jesus replied, Verily, truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son, a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, then you are free indeed. Because of the experience of salvation, spirit, soul, and body, not just the body, not just the spirit, but spirit, soul, and body, we can believe that his word is more true than our mind, than our will, and more than our emotions. Neither of them, none of them are bad. And all of them are to be used for the glory of God, to communicate with the Father. And we can say that we are free from the curse. We are free from the toxic emotions that came in as Adam and Eve willingly rebelled against what God had told them. We can say because the Son has set us free, we are truly free indeed. Because we see what the Word of God is, we are understanding what is truth and what is a lie. So 2 Corinthians 2.11 says that we're not unaware of the enemy's devices. What are some of the lies of the enemy? You know, the enemy, he's not just going to come with a thought that um, maybe is super obvious to you. Maybe it's a thought process that you learned from your family. Maybe it's a thought process that you learned, not necessarily that you, your church even taught it, but it's the way that you understood the religion or you understood the Bible. And it's something that has to change with the truth of God's word. So we're not unaware of the enemy's devices. What do these lies look like? They look like limiting thoughts. I'm not smart enough. I'm too old. I'm too young. I could never pay for that. I could never afford that. I don't have enough money. Limiting thoughts. Because like Jesus said, all things, all things, nothing will be impossible with God. So if he has put it in your heart, to paint, to write, to drive, whatever it is, to live in a certain place, God is able to do it if we don't limit him. Limiting thoughts are lies of the enemy. What are other lies of the enemy? Toxic emotions, like we saw in the garden that they came in through the rebellion of Adam and Eve. Toxic emotions like uncontrolled anger, frustration, fear, guilt, bitterness, hopelessness, resentment, loneliness, and sadness, legalistic thinking, being more concerned with what people see on the outside more than what my true relationship, what my heart is. Like it says in the Bible, it says that it's from the heart that the issues of life from. So if I'm being legalistic, I don't care about what my heart is, but what I care about is what people think about me only. Being legalistic is dread of God's wrath or punishment more than in serving him out of fear instead of knowing his love and serving him out of the fear of the Lord. So other lies of the enemy are condemnation, which are consistent and persistent feelings or emotions of guilt and shame, even when you know that your heart is right. In Romans 8, 1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation. So when I 
have thoughts where I'm not right with God, when I know that I've repented of my sin or I know my heart is right towards others, then it is not from God. So those are lies of the enemy. So what can I, what are some scriptures that I can remind myself that Jesus Christ, when he died, when he was buried, when he was put on the cross for me, that that healing power of Jesus Christ was meant for me, spirit, soul, and body. Let's go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 and starting in verse three, it says that this is a prophecy about Jesus, that he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one whom people hide their faces and he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, but he was pierced for our transgressions. What does that mean? For our sin. And he was crushed for our iniquities, for our guilt. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We are healed, not just in our body, not just recreated in our spirit, but we are healed. We have healthy emotions because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It says here in Isaiah 53 verse 5, that he was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. He wore that crown of thorns on his head so that we could be at peace in our mind. And there's times where I'll just, when I read the scripture, I'll just lay my hand on my head and I say, God, thank you that by your wounds, I am healed, that you brought me peace, that you were bruised, that you were crushed, that you took the chastisement, the severe punishment and scourging so that I can be at peace in my mind. When it feels like a storm is in my mind, maybe there's something going on at work or in the family, I can say just like Jesus with the same power and the same authority because he delegated it to me, I can say, peace, be still. And maybe that seems a little weird if you're in public, but man, take a second, go to the bathroom if you're at work, go to your car on your lunch break, go, go away somewhere if you're at home with people and say, peace, be still. God, I know that you took this problem, this anxiety, so that I can be at peace. That Jesus Christ bore that so that I can be at peace. So a, a, a couple of months ago, I bought a condo and was going through some renovations and got it all renovated when I bought it. It was so ugly and everything needed to be changed. So I spent lots of time and lots of money on renovating it. And it looked amazing. And while I was gone on a trip for two weeks, I had a friend call me from another country when I, I was overseas on a mission trip and she called me and said, Kara, there's two inches of water in your kitchen. And I was like, oh my goodness. So there was some flooding that happened in the bathroom. So all of that work that I had done, that people had done over the course of that few weeks, it was undone in less than 24 hours. So this flood, it came and it, it, it just ruined all of that work. So another renovation had to happen. And the amazing part is the second renovation by the grace of God was paid for by insurance and different situations that happened. And it was better than anything that I could have done in the first renovation. So we can see because of us being able to renew our mind, like it says in Romans 12, Romans 12 and verse one, 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your true and proper worship. And do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's like renovating a, a, a place that had been flooded, a place that needed help. That's what it is to renew your mind. And in our spirit, man, the one that is recreated when we're born again, that looks like God, that communes with God, that's perfect and blameless. And God is able to keep us from stumbling and falling. But it's our mind that needs help. It's my mind that, you know, when I was born again, that the mind is where the renovation begins. And you may think, well, you do a really good job. And then all of a sudden these thoughts come and it's like a flood and you have to renovate again. But the amazing part is, is that God's work is a finished work and it's an ongoing work. His finished work is in my spirit and the ongoing work is in my mind. And he never gets tired of that work. You know, I had different people coming and working on the house and they did a great job. And then the second time, it, they did an even better job. And the amazing thing is they got tired and they had to go home. God never gets tired of renovating. God never gets tired of partnering with you, grabbing your hand and saying, let's renovate together. Let's do some renovation. I can say by his stripes, I am healed. By his wounds, by his crushing, he forgave me. So I don't, I'm not guilty. I'm not fearful. I don't have to be anxious. That is what renovation of your mind looks like. So thank you for watching the Words and Season podcast. Remember that every time that you open the word of God, God has something for your spirit. God has something to speak to your spirit, your soul, and your body. And remember that by the bruising of Jesus Christ, you are now at peace with God. You're at peace with others and you can be at peace in your mind. God bless you. Jesus.